0: My loves, let me ask you something. Are you ready to dive deep? Or do you feel like you need some time away from the people, place, and things that make up your current life? It could be both. You're like, I need to get the fuck away from everything and everyone. And I'm also ready to take my spiritual path to the next degree, honey. Okay? Regardless of what it is, I got you. There's two legendary, amazing, delicious opportunities for us to practice together in person this year. The first one is at the iconic Omega Institute in New York, upstate New York. And the second one is in Mykonos, Greece, honey. And both of these retreats are gonna be a combination of the spiritual dance practice, also known as the SAD method, also known as the spiritual workout and Dharma talks. So let me break this down for you. The Sun Method for those of you who are like, "What the fuck is that?" It's a practice. Uh, it's an experience. It's a it's a it's a performance art healing experience that I created, um, that combines ecstatic dance, meditation, breath work, and mantra. And these four practices are here to activate, amplify, and energize the four qualities in your heart according to Buddhist psychology, which are love, compassion, joy, and wisdom. So during the retreat in in upstate new york is 5 days excuse me 6 days 5 nights and greece is 8 days 7 nights i'm going to tell you more about this in a second but during the retreat we're going to dance we're going to dance twice a day okay and dance as much as you want move as much as you want but the whole purpose of the of the movement is for you to actualize what you learn during the theory part where we're going to sit around and I'm going to explain to you through through the the my interpretation and my understanding my studies of buddhist psychology I'm going to give you all that I know during that dedicated you know retreat time away from the people place and things that make up your current experience you're going to be devoted towards your heart towards your liberation therefore you're going to be able to then actualize that which you learn during theory in the dance floor, and then you're going to be, be able to bring that all back into your life once you leave the retreat. Going to retreat has been one of the best things that I've ever done for myself. It has changed my life. And you've heard, if, you, if you're a listener, uh, an avid listener to the podcast, you've heard me talk about going on retreats over and over again. If you've read my books, you know that going on spiritual retreats is how we take our practice to the next Level. Oftentimes, we do need to take time away from people, place, and things that make up our current life in order for us to truly discover who are we really and what is it that I want to do in my life. And maybe you're like, I already know who I am and I'm already happy with what I'm doing in my life, but you want to actually bring more joy, more bliss. You actually want to be happier, more playful, more lighthearted, more lightheartedness into your life. This retreat, these retreats are for you. You can either come to one or you can come to both. It doesn't matter. The point of the psalm method, the spiritual workout, the spiritual dance practice is for us to say fuck off to people that says that when you are a disciplined spiritual practitioner, you become more serious. That is a lie. Okay. The truth is, the deeper you become, the 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 deeper you 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 enter into the spiritual path, and the more you're disciplined about your spiritual liberation, the more playful and light-hearted, and more smiles and more humor and more laughter your life becomes filled with. Okay. So click the links in the show notes, and I hope to see you at, in Upstate New York at the iconic, legendary Omega Institute. Uh, let me tell you the dates. Uh, upstate New York is June nineteenth through the 24th. Okay. And Greece is, um, October 8th through October 15th. Okay. And if you have any questions or concerns about the retreats, when you click the link in the show notes, um, or so you can visit my Instagram bio or my TikTok bio to get all the details for the, for the retreats. If you have questions, just go onto the retreats website and, and click over there to find out how you can talk to the retreat producers. They're both amazing powerhouse companies that are producing my retreats. They will be able to help you with anything you need, okay? I love you all so much, and I cannot wait to practice with you and get free with you. Love you. Peace. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Spiritually Sassy Show. The following podcast was recorded live on Quilt. The word mindfulness comes from the Pali word and the Pali transliteration of sati. Sati is the Pali term for mindfulness. And the the transliteration for it means to remember. And I want to bring it back, bring you guys back to something that I spoke about during um, a master class um, that we're taking the Bodhisattva vow. And I believe it's the third vow in the Bodhisattva vow. There's three, there's four sentences in the actual vow. And um, the third one, the third one in the vow is something to the effect. I don't remember the exact words, right? But it's something to the effect. What I've internalized from repeating that so often is that we understand that every experience has the potential to be the gateway to freedom. We understand that every experience has the potential to be the gateway to liberation. So why the fuck am I talking about this when we're here talking about mindfulness? Listen kindly, okay? Because when we are resting in the here and the now, when we are deeply, profoundly present, something beautiful happens. We realize that we are giving meaning to everything around us. That we have choice of how we give meaning. Everything that comes into the sense gates gets internalized and processed through our mind. Nothing outside of ourselves, except for people's spiritual hearts, except for people's uh, basic goodness, has inherent meaning. The meaning that we offer it to, the meaning that we place on people, places and things is completely completely related to the quality of our own mind. So we're mindful when we're experiencing the depth of mindfulness. We're paying attention. We're observing reality without evaluation. Dualistic thinking has been dissolved, right? We're so here in the now. We're able to, in that moment, in that precious moment, change our relationship. To thoughts, to feelings, to circumstances, to experiences, to people, to places, to things. Because we recognize that the meaning that we subscribe to everything has completely, has everything to do with the quality of our own mind. Two people could be looking at the same blue sky and one person could actually say it's not blue. It's not that kind of a blue. It's a different shade of blue, you know? Two people could be, could be looking at a beautiful plate of food, and because of someone's, someone's quality of mind, they're going to look at that plate of food and say, oh, this is gross. This is not even pretty. I don't like this this, this plating. The way they do this looks horrible. The other person would be like, oh, my God, this is the food from the gods. I'm so lucky. I'm so blessed. Such good karma ripening right now for me to be able to experience this delicious meal. Wow, thank God for this food. That might be one person, right? So here's what we're talking about now. Here's, Here's kind of rounding about this understanding. When we are deeply in the here and the now, we understand that every phenomena, every stimuli, Right. Meaning anything that, that comes into the sense gates, that anything that you see, that you hear, that you smell, that you taste, that you think, that you feel can be the gateway for liberation. And what is that liberation? The first degree of liberation means that you understand that everything is transient, that nothing is solid, that nothing is permanent. That's the first gate of liberation. When we are mindful, when we are deeply mindful and we're experiencing a challenging, uncomfortable feeling, we're able to notice that the feelings are not solid, they're not permanent, that they're transient and that they're changing, constantly changing. And when we go to this very subtle level of mindfulness, we're actually able to see that the feeling is is actually like flashing and fleeting and so fast and it's so changing so quickly but unless we are present unless we're deeply here in the now we're not going to understand that every stimuli that every phenomena that every feeling that every thought that every experience um, can be the gateway of truth why because we are placing a meaning on it we have been colonized and indoctrinated to become essentialists right so we attach essential meaning, essential nature to everything. So when you're resting in the here and the now, you realize that in one degree, everything has deep, profound meaning. And in another degree, in the same dense, none of this has the, 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 the level of meaning that we have subscribed to it. This is what they call it, like the cosmic play, the lila, you know, this, this sacred theater that we're, that we're in. At a relative level, pain exists. At an absolute level, we experience pain as, a, as, a, as a, an expression of grace, as an expression of divinity, as an expression of, of benevolence as an expression of healing, as an expression of transformation. But for us to navigate and bridge relative truth into absolute truth, we have to rest deeply in the here and the now. We can't say, you can't, we can't go around saying, oh, everything is a cosmic play. You know, nothing has meaning. We can't go to that place. We can't go to that place. We have to first rest in the in the here and the now and understand that everything is part of this divine order so everything that i'm seeing it's there because i put it there everything that i'm experiencing is there because i put it there so this is another degree of liberation it's another aspect of, of mindfulness of, of of what's of what's coming up for you what you are experiencing, right All things are empty of inherent existence, of inherent meaning. Nothing exists uh, alone. Nothing exists without something else. We only come to be because of a multiplicity of, of, of variables that then a human body is born. I'm only living in this house because so many people have come together to put the house together. You know, everything comes to be because of something else. This is the theory of the interbeing. This is the theory of interconnectedness. So I'm giving you guys a variety of ways of understanding the depth, the spiritual depth of mindfulness. So everything can be the gateway to liberation. Meaning, if you could enter a house and simultaneously be able to enter the house, and your inner world is silent, and then there is a knowing that arises. And the knowing is not a thought. The knowing is not a feeling. It's a knowing. It's much more. Uh, it's much more all-encompassing. It's a full-body experience. You know, a knowing arises that says, "Wow, this house looks completely solid, but it isn't." solid the way that i perceive it to be wow i think this house is really beautiful but i am actually making a choice to actually attach this label to this house so you're going to these depth right to the layers of truth right so understanding in this way it's what mindfulness helps us to remember that everything is transient that everything's fleeting, that everything's floating, that everything's flashing. That every experience is a transient experience. So at, at, a, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a very, very profound, subliminal truth level, the only thing in life that has innate essence is our spiritual heart. Every sentient creature has that seed inside of them. That seed that's seeking liberation. That seed that's longing for the cosmic mother. That seed that's seeking to contribute. Are we communicating? Are we arriving somewhere? Yes? So here, here's the, here's the, on, on, a, on, a, on an even deeper level. When we're resting, in the here and the now, and we are able to recognize the transient nature of all thoughts, of all feelings, of all phenomena, of all things. There is a sense of, there is, a, there is a, an aspect of mortality. So there is this kind of like pervasive suffering in the background. That kind of sadness is part of the gig, Right? that kind of sadness is part of the gig. How do we interpret that sadness? Is it bad? Is it excruciating? Does it lead to despair? Or is it just us understanding that because things are constantly changing, things are constantly radically changing, our bodies are growing and changing every single day at every single moment, there is an aspect of grief because things are constantly dying and new things are constantly being born. Change thus come with a texture of sadness. Change thus come with a texture of grief, right? And because of that, when we rest deeply in the now. One may say that they experience profound beauty mixed with the sadness. So do we interpret that beauty and that sadness as beauty being good and that sadness being bad? No. We just understand that when the mind is radically pure and resting the here and the now, not colonized, not indoctrinated, but free of bias and free of prejudice, we rest in this awareness that sees beauty and recognizes that there is that there is that that, that it's that even decay is beautiful, that there is that there is beauty in sadness, right? Because there is this, this aspect of transience to everything, and because things are radically changing, transforming, and growing, and evolving, there's a texture of sadness. Don't let your mind, when you enter into the deep presence, label that sadness as bad. Let your heart, let the gnosis arise, let the divine intervention speak louder, let the silence. Speak louder. That that sadness is just part of the gig. That's you recognizing. That's you being on the pulse of humanity. Right. That things are radically changing, constantly evolving, profoundly flashing, and fleeting, and nothing is solid. Nothing is what meets the eye. Right. So mindfulness is also recognizing that that all thoughts and all emotions, unless perceived. Through the highest truth, through higher logic, they will all lead to suffering. Let me say this again: mindfulness of thoughts and feelings and emotions also is a knowing. It's a remembrance that all thoughts and feelings and emotions, unless perceived and understand and under, being understood and, and and internalized and processed through higher logic through higher wisdom they will all lead to suffering why because when you get flooded with with a happy emotion you associate with you associate it with with attachment so you hold on to it you cling you grasp you eat the entire chocolate cake after you eat the chocolate cake, you go for a coffee. After you go for that coffee, you think you need another snack. After you go for that snack, then you call a friend. Then you go to the movies. Then you go to dinner. Then you eat something again. And Then you come home and you watch TV. And then you watch something else. And you go to this thing and you go to that thing and you call a friend. Ta-da-da-da. Attachment, attachment, attachment. Grasping, greediness, emotional hunger. So when you're resting in the here and the now, you realize that even this pleasant feeling and even this pleasant thought it's fleeting, flashing, floating. It's coming and going. It only stays because we are so thirsty for that feeling. Because we're not recognizing that at, at our base level, at the most fundamental subliminal level of our mind, we are benevolence. We are ecstatic bliss. We are Profound wisdom, we are unconditional love and unconditional compassion across every mystical tradition. It's there. It shows that the soul is innately benevolent. So that's why I said that all phenomena is empty of inherent meaning, except for the spiritual heart that all sentient beings carry. That seed of liberation at the base of our being. So when you are studying mindfulness and you are actually experiencing presence the power of now and then again now and now and now you are decolonizing your minds of all these layers of condition of all these layers of prejudice that i'm speaking about here you know what i mean take a sip of your tea so what we need to what we need to start to understand is that in the here and the now, as you as you rest in the present moment, you get to remember your innate benevolence. As you decolonize your mind of, of, of labeling, this is good, this is bad, this is happy, this is sad, I like this, I don't like that, I need this, I don't, I don't need that, right? All of this, falls away in the here and the now. And then what arises in from deep presence is your Buddha nature, is the cosmic consciousness, is that cosmic mother consciousness that you then you see the world through the eyes of love. You hear the world through the sound of love. You taste the world through the taste of love. So this is why it says in the literature that the mystics see harmony in the chaos. It's not that they're disregarding that pain has meaning and has purpose and it has actually a, a, a hurtful aspect to it. Relative, Relatively, on a relative level, yes. On an absolute level, there's harmony because the pain is leading to healing. The suffering is leading to healing. Everything that's erupting, it's not erupting to just create chaos. It's erupting because it's 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 begging, it's longing for harmony, it's longing for 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 healing, it's longing for transformation. So things erupt and things and things break and things fall apart because of the natural order of life. And the natural order of life is an orientation towards healing, it's an orientation towards profound relaxation and ease. So and when things aren't aren't to that texture eruption happens challenges happen and then everything starts to orient itself towards this harmonious order in one aspect that's what's happened in another aspect the mystic the saint the sage who has a mind that's fully liberated is able to see everything in perfect order everything in perfect harmony So as we are exploring mindfulness, as we're exploring deep presence, we are remembering all these layers of truth at every single moment. At every single moment. When we are profoundly mindful, we're able to see, hold a seed in our hand. Hold a seed in our hand. And and remember that in that seed, there's an entire fucking tree in it. That in this tiny little seed that's like, Smaller than my nail, my fingernail. There's an entire tree in it. So being profoundly mindful when you are interacting with others is is simultaneously recognizing that right now in the present moment, this person is doing something unwholesome, something unskillful, something harmful. A mindful person, someone who has a deeply calibrated mind, recognizes multiple things. That harm that's happening, it's them longing for freedom. It's them longing for healing. It's them begging for change, right? In a deeper level, we recognize that that which it is that they're doing that's unwholesome, harmful, unhealthy, destructive, does not define who they are. And that which it is what that they're doing in the here and the now does not define the truth of who they are at the base of their being. So it's mindfully experiencing others means that you're able to see someone's present reality, recognize that what they're doing is, dual, from the dualistic point of view, that it, it does have harm and dysfunction and disharmony in, while Seeing it all for, for what it is. It's happening because they put it there. It's happening because this is part of divine order. And while you are, are, are flirting and tickling their potential, their ability to recognize that there is a seed in their heart, that seed is a tiny little seed. But in that seed, you hold, they hold all the answers And all the keys that will unlock everything that's locked inside of them. It's a way for them to unlock themselves, unshackle themselves from chaos. So practicing mindfulness in the day-to-day world, yes, it is resting the here and the now. It is experiencing this mind that's so deeply serene. And then once you're able to cultivate this depth of serenity, this depth of silence, then as you enter the world and as you engage with people, place, and things from that place, you have this knowing that arises. It's much more encompassing than a thought, than a feeling, than an emotion. Are we communicating? Are we communicating? Are we arriving somewhere? So, am so mindfulness at its, at its core is an ability to remember who we are at the base of our being. And from that place, being able to engage with the world from that place. If I am love, compassion, wisdom, and joy, how do I see the world now? How do I relate to the world? How do I relate to stimuli? How do I relate to phenomena? If that's, if at the core of my being I am these four qualities, if my essence has these innate qualities, part of me experiencing, part of me uh, dwelling deeply in the here and the now, it's recognizing our basic goodness. And not recognizing our basic goodness in a passive, way it's in a very very audacious, powerful way. People ask me all the time they're like can you be deeply present and still have a personality? Of course of course. The baby witches they think that being deeply present makes you sort of like a passive bystander, kind of a vegetable. but that's a baby witch understanding. Now, the sassy warrior understanding is that as you cultivate deep presence, as you are in remembrance of who you are, and as you are remembering that every thought, every feeling, every, every experience can be the gateway to truth, you move into the world with partnership, with alliance, with the four qualities in your heart. But the way the four qualities in your heart will be expressed out there will look different for everybody. They will all feel deeply the same. There will be this deep knowing and this experience that is so profound, all-encompassing. Internally, the experience will feel the same. But externally, the activation of Your expression of your qualities, of your heart's qualities, will look different. And it is your job as a mindful, sassy warrior, as an audacious saint, to express your qualities, these four qualities of your heart, into the world from an unwavering, grounded perspective. So that means that you fight for love that means that you fight for compassion that means that you fight for wisdom that means that you fight for joy and I'm not saying fight as in punch and harm but I'm saying that you carry yourself in the world with such a sharp piercing grounded conviction in the truth and everyone around you gets to experience that because you're you're in complete alliance with that part of you, you're in complete partnership with that part of you. So mindfulness starts with unbiased attention. Okay, resting the here and the now. Okay. And then recognizing I am the one that's giving meaning to every single aspect of my of what's what's meeting. What's coming through my sense? I'm the one that's giving meaning to all of it. Okay, cool. Does the meaning that I'm offering, does the meaning that I'm placing on this, does it lead to freedom or does it it prevail a cycle of suffering? Am I attached or am I averse? Am I greedy or am I wanting to run away from it? Right? Can I understand that every single thing that's coming through the sense gates can be a bridge into subliminal absolute truth? If at any moment that you're able to, to, to glimpse when a feeling arises and you're able to immediately know that this feeling is fle- that this feeling and this emotion is fleeting, it's passing, it's transient. In that very moment that you're able to glimpse at that, that's you exercising your mindfulness. That's you purifying your mind of conditioning, purifying your mind of all the ways you've been colonized and indoctrinated to hold on to everything, like your life depends on it. Your life depends on your ability to see every single experience as fleeting, flashing, and floating. In continuous movement. Every time you land at that gnosis, at that knowing, you are purifying your mind. So more and more of your ability to rest in the here and the now will prevail. And when you're resting in the here and the now, you're observing reality without the chatter, without the commentary. And when the commentary is not on 24-7, you're not on autopilot. Therefore, you're not You're not creating more unwholesome karma for yourself. When you're resting in the present moment, when the inner world is more silent, more relaxed, and you're you're still engaging with the world, right? From that place of deep love, of deep compassion, of deep wisdom, of deep joy. You're creating a, a beautiful trail That is illuminating for those who are who are who are caught in believing that their suffering is permanent, that their pain is solid, that they are invincible, that they are um, that they that they are have a solid individual experience, you know. That they are alone in the world, right? You're able to you're able to recognize and, and, and share this, this knowing with the world by existing from that place. We all know what it's like when we are next to someone who's deeply present. We have a, a friend who's deeply present. When they listen to you, they are notice that there's a lot coming in their mind. There's a lot of tabs opening their mind, but they're not holding on to it. They're not, they're not grasping. They're not attaching themselves. So they're noticing that clouds pass in the sky all day long. And they're able to continuously notice a cloud passing and, and immediately zoom out and be in alliance with their truth, the sky. With the base of their being, the sky. Right? So mindfulness offers us a, a baseline that's spacious. And it helps us to remember who we are at the base of our being. Like that. Like that. Like that. Like that. Enough for today. Enough for today. I'm Sadie Simone, and you've been listening to The Spiritually Sassy Show. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And join me next Sunday for another Spiritually Sassy Conversation. Thank you so much for listening, and I love you.